1: Start selling online today. Sign up for a free trial at Shopify.com/free22. Shopify.com/free22.
2: And welcome in everybody to another episode of the High Low Sports Podcast. We appreciate y'all joining us here live on this Wednesday evening, or if you're listening to us later on via YouTube or Twitter or the favorite podcast networks any any way you're listening to us we appreciate you joining us as well too it's a wonderful time in sports as we just wrapped up thanksgiving the bellies are still full and the waistbands are still really close to popping it is dj joined as always by my co-host kelsey and kelsey usa 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 i think that's kind of the theme of going on right now as we head into this upcoming sports weekend and how are you feeling after this thanksgiving you're you recovering pretty well
3: uh you know what despite the sadness that is auburn um it is a-okay because the USA moved on to the the, the knockout stage of the World Cup, um, like it's called soccer, ladies and gentlemen. Believe what you see. The if, if you guys don't know the history of soccer, I gotta say this first and foremost. Up until 1976, the reference of the sport that they now call football in England was called soccer everywhere in the world. Was not called football. It was called soccer. So, ladies and gentlemen. Stop ignoring your roots. You want to talk about history and representing your history? It is soccer, ladies and gentlemen. Let's not get it twisted. Um, and especially now, it is definitely, definitely soccer after that. That was absolutely so much fun. Uh, but, yeah, no, this weekend was fun. I mean, honestly, you know, forget the food side of things. Just the sports side of things was just absolutely fantastic. You had World Cup. Yes, I did say forget the food side of things. Oh, the Man, I had, you just buried I had my she. I had my Thanksgiving dinner early on in the year. Um, So, you know, I I had it two weeks early. You know, we talked about that last episode. I had it two weeks earlier. So, you know, this Thanksgiving was more like, all right, you got to go cook for yourself. And then I tried to cook on the grill and the grill didn't work. And so that was disappointing. And then Auburn lost. That was super disappointing. Actually, I think I was a little bit more disappointed about the grill not working than I was about Auburn losing. I kind of expected it to be real. But, yeah, no, I mean, hey, forget the food. The sports was great.
2: (laughs) You know, just forget that. Forget the waistband. The waistband was great. This The sports, uh, you know what, a little bit of disappointment, but it was a fun weekend overall. And kind of alluded to it, we're going to go right into the tip-off as well to get ourselves underway with some of the sports topics going on around the world today. And
0: Purchase necessary. Void where by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
1: Shopify presents cool sheets from Aha to lying awake while you bake isn't cool. I suffered from the wrong kind of hot in bed, heat-induced insomnia. That was my aha moment: bed sheets that keep you cool. Then I thought, how do I even sell bed sheets? That's when I had the idea that made it all possible: signing up on Shopify.
2: For the tip off, you kind of started us off. We're going to go right into it. World Cup. The big one, oh, right. The big one talked talk about right now is USA advancing past that early, the early stages as well, too, with a clutch, clutch victory over Iran as well, to a 1 nothing win that some good, some bad, some ugly, and some pain nonetheless. But the USA is moving on after a pretty eventful early stages. You got a draw, a draw with England. You got a draw early on, and then a win, too, like two draws and a W. A very eventful early start for the USA.
3: Yeah, I mean, absolutely crazy. And uh, by the way, I'm glad you pronounced uh, I- Iran correctly. Um, we didn't uh-huh. need any of their sports reporters <laughs> giving us any shtick on this one on how to pronounce I- Iran or Iran or Iran or know, Iran, Iran, you
2: know Iran. Iran, Iran, Eeyore, yeah, Iran, at this point, in time look,
3: you got enough problems in your country. Don't ask our, our don't ask our team captain about the problems that your country is facing. We don't know. He doesn't <laughs> know. He's 24 years old, and that's the great thing about the USA. This is the, they fielded the absolute youngest team in the world cup in their final match day against Iran. And guess what? That team got the dub. Kristen Pulisic literally laying it all on the line, laying it all on the line for this one. He put a sacrifice, his manhood, his future children for the United States. And was it worth it? Maybe, maybe not. If you can't have kids, we don't know. We don't know how bad that actually really that injury was, but I will say that it, as of right now, yeah, it was definitely worth it. It was a, uh, it was fantastic. And, uh, You know, on top of that, you know, there's a better part of this whole conversation. Mexico today got eliminated from the World Cup. Despite now, I will say this Mexico did everything they could to come back. They scored all the goals they needed to. The biggest issue, they let Saudi Arabia score one, but before that, they could not advance past Poland because guess what? They had too many issues with yellow cards. The sixth tiebreaker, or sorry, fifth tiebreaker in the World Cup was actually going to be in play had they not given up the goal to Saudi Arabia. And, of course, Mexico wouldn't get it past the yellow cards. They get too many yellow cards. We've talked about that all the time in CONCACAF qualifying. So a very hilarious story there that Mexico doesn't make it. And the USA, in their return to the World Cup, does make it to the knockout stages. Uh, very exciting. Now, the next round, maybe not so much. But that one's very exciting for us. I said that makes to make game it felt
2: like I was watching a Cowboys game with all the yellow those popping in and out all over the place as well. But you mentioned how uh, the USA. It was great to get to the knockout stages. But now you got a little bit of a mini-jugger out there in the Netherlands coming up as well, too. Not quite like England or France or those teams that Charles Barkley is calling out necessarily, but the Netherlands gonna if we're if we're gonna do betting odds, which we'll talk some betting later as well too. We're probably the Netherlands will probably be the favorite in that
3: one coming out of the gate. You'd say let's let's just put it this way in FIFA FIFA World Cup or world rankings right now. Um, I do believe that the Netherlands is fifth. Oh uh, Let they? me double check that. Uh, oh, sorry, eighth. Sorry, my apologies. Oh, okay. Eighth. They were one of the few seeded teams going into the World Cup. Um, and they were, that's why they were ranked so highly to to get there. But yeah, Netherlands, absolutely fantastic. Um, and wow. Uh, uh, this is going to be a tough draw. The good thing for the U S not totally top, top tier. Like they're not running on, on, on full gear right now. Netherlands, um, something is going on with their connecting their midfield to their front line and not able to score enough goals. With that said, they still don't look like they're, ready to get beat by a minnow anytime soon. But the good thing is the U.S. is well-disciplined and as has been said by many, a a coach from other countries at this point in time might be the most tactically disciplined team in the World Cup today, which is shocking to hear any team ever, or any coach ever say about the United States if you ever watch the U.S. play soccer. Uh, Tactics are not our strong suit. And it's not Greg Berhalter's strong suit either. So I don't know where they're getting this information but uh, yeah, evidently the US is really tactically sound this year somehow. Uh, I don't know where this magic came from. I don't know if it's the, the barking bear that is Tyler Adams just, you know, keeping everybody in order, I don't know. But it is, uh, yeah, it's fantastic to hear. So maybe there's an opportunity. The big issue, Virgil van Dijk in the back line for Netherlands, uh, De Jong, Luke De Jong in the middle, kind of pulling the strings for everything. Um, trying to make sure he doesn't get on the ball too often and, and you know, devastate us. And then Memphis to pay up front, kind of resurging in his, in his career. Um, yeah, he failed at Man United, left Man United, remembered how to score goals again, and now he's at Barcelona scoring all kinds of goals next to Lewandowski. So, um, yeah, you to got to be afraid of. So that back line, Walker Zimmerman, whoever starts back there, is uh, let's just say they have their work cut out for him.
2: It does sound like from straight from the from Polich himself, it looks like he is planning on playing this Saturday, posting from the hospital bed. Great job, guys. I will be ready to go. So that is a positive sign for the USA as well, too. So we're putting the nose to the fire here for you on this one. Do they pull? Do they pull it off? Are you, does Does USA pull it off? We're put We're putting the We're putting the waistband to the fire.
3: Oh yeah, I forgot one. Uh, thank you, um, Andrew, in the chat. Uh, Cody Gapko, um, mm-hmm. who is the breakout potential breakout player of the year this year, uh, as far as the World Cup goes. Um, we always see one every year. Uh, do the do, do the USA pull it out? Oh, if you were placing a dollar and fifty five cents on this one, would you do it? If I place a dollar fifty five cents. I have a chance to win fifty. I mean, at this mm-hmm. point in time, I might actually do that. Uh, But, yeah, no, look, realistically, if you told me I had $20 and that's what I – I can only place it on this game and I have to place it on one to get my money – to get my money's worth, I'm going to say Netherlands because top to bottom they're a terrifying team. With that said, Virgil does – he's not the same Virgil that was three years ago the world's best defender, potential golden ball winner defender. Which is shocking because no defender ever wins the golden ball, but he had the opportunity to um, end up a finalist. And he's not that same player; he's a little bit slower coming off the the, the injury. So I think there's opportunities for the U.S. And you can't end the game and then so in the draw in the knockout stages. You're
2: refusing to say yes, guarantee or no guarantee. You're refusing to go. I all- cannot <laughs> give a guarantee
3: on either side, and this is it hurts me because I there is some freakish nature to the U.S. And let me okay, let's put, let me say this. If Gio Reyna gets 45 minutes plus in this game, along with Pulisic, Weston McKinney, Tyler Adams, and Timothy Weah, if those guys can all play together for 45 plus minutes, the USA has a plus 50% chance of advancing.
2: Which, honestly, I think if you would have told us that before, even that these early stages started, anyone would have taken that as well, too, when you consider the last two World Cups, quote-unquote, for the USA. US, you were- now you're saying there's a chance against the Netherlands and not like a, not a puncher's chance, but a realistic chance? I think you'll take yeah. that. I think most people will take that.
3: Now, if Gio does not play for forty-five plus minutes with those group, those guys, those, 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 those odds, odds drop to those drop dropped to about thirty percent. Like you got a third of a chance of, to, to to make it there at that point in time, and that's that's mm-hmm. it's it's a bummer. But yeah, that's the kind of the truth. Gio Reyna is, is a guy that unless he's nursing an injury, I don't know what's going on in that situation. Um, I do think he needs to be on the field, and Jesus Ferrer as well. Just a dude that just scores goals. The old Taylor 12man, the old. Uh, you know, the poacher, if you will, the guy that gets – everybody hates the poachers, right, until you need a goal. And then you're like, God, I'm glad I have that poacher on my team. And I'm so glad there's a Taylor in on the U.S. National team back in the day. And it's like they wish they had him in 2006 at the World Cup. And uh, I think we're kind of seeing the same thing. Jesus Ferrer needs some time for the U.S. And just put a guy that's – he just shows up in the right places at the right time. You know, Chicharito Hernandez, Javier Hernandez, you guys know who that is, made, it, made a, a living – Going to some of the biggest teams in the world by just scoring goals off of his face, off of his butt, off of his chest. But mm-hmm. just being in the right position. He wasn't great. He just sort of showed up in the right spots.
2: So. Either way, we could tell the entire country should be tuned in on Saturday and ready to lock in on this one as well. So We saw how the turnout for the game against Iran, how it seemed like the entire country was watching. Well, crank it up to 11. Okay. It's been a long time since the men's U.S. soccer team has something to look forward to in the World Cup, or at least something worth watching.
3: Yeah, the uh, so between England and, and Iran, those are the two highest watched U.S. men's national, two highest watched soccer matches ever, and that says a lot. It, obviously, England, the England game being a lot higher, but the Iran game right there in second fiddle right now. That tells you how much people are starting to tune in.
2: And a combined one goal score between the two of those games as well, too, which, you know what, that might be why we saw the numbers change just a little bit because you know how anxious Americans can get when it comes to these sports as well, too. It's high action
3: all the time. But don't talk to those SEC fans about that.
2: Oh, we're going to talk about some of them coming up here soon. Don't worry. Don't you worry about that. I know you got some words for them, but we're going to go from one form of football, which, as you mentioned, it is soccer, but one form of football. We're going to go to the next one. We're going to head to the gridiron to talk about the NFL American football now. And there's a lot of quarterback movement going on this week. It felt like some guys getting benched, some guys that should get benched, some injuries. But we're going to focus on just one right now, and it's going to be the return of Browns quarterback Deshaun Watson. Finally back is practicing as QB1 right now as well, too. He's been practicing the last couple of weeks, but this officially reinstated this week, making his debut, of course, against the Houston Texans, because, of course, they did that on purpose. Of course. I want to start with the very simple question that both of us will have that we'll both have an answer for, but what do you expect to see this week in particular? What do you expect to see from him in his return game? Granted, he hasn't played in over 700 days, an actual regular season game.
3: I expect to see Derek Stingley showing Deshaun Watson his tail lights as he takes a ho- takes one to the house. That's what I expect to see at least one time in this game. You do not go for two years without throwing a professional pass at a high level of the sport and expect to just walk in after a week and a half worth of practicing. And be be the great player you once were. I there's no way. I, I I'm sorry if it happens, so be it. You know what? That's fine. I'm wrong. But I don't see it happening. I think it's gonna be a lot of what we saw with Jacoby. I think we might even see early season Jacoby, like first two weeks of the season Jacoby. Maybe maybe we'll say week three, four Jacoby, where yeah, he showed flashes, but you're not getting a whole lot. You're going to get a guy that's going to be literally seeing ghosts because he's like, I don't want to take a hit. I don't want to take a hit. That offensive line isn't great right now. Not in pass blocking. So it's not going to change a whole lot, I don't think, um, for Deshaun, uh, for the Browns in general, whether Deshaun's in there or not. Um, I just don't think – I don't think he's ready yet. I don't think – it takes time to to get to that level again, and and you don't just take time off and don't even see a practice field. So you don't even get practice reps for 10 of these weeks. Yeah, there's – there's a lot there, to unpack, but I'll I, I, just to keep it simple. Just no, I don't, I don't, I don't, I won't expect a whole lot more different from Jacoby to J- Deshaun this week. I think expectations are way too high.
2: But you think the Browns will still win? It sounds like, or still thinking,
3: I mean, look, you you, you could roll out me <laughs> out there at quarterback and we're going to be, we're going to beat the Texans. Cause I got a very simple job, hand the ball off to Nick Chubb, Kareem Hunt, and whoever else shows up at red running back, Jerome Ford, take your pick. One of these guys is going to break off a 40 yarder. At any point in time, because they're impossible to tackle. Um, so yeah, I think they still win. I just don't think it's going to be like a forty to ten beat down like people are expecting.
2: So I'll say I think it's going to be like a thirty to ten beat down, but that is as you mentioned because the Texans don't stop the run very well. We saw it a lot in that Eagles game. As you can run on them a lot, so I agree with you in that. I don't think we're going to see twenty twenty Deshaun roll right out and throw for four hundred and four tons. I don't think he's going to roll out and do that. I think he's going to get three tuds all from like in the red zone area because they're going to run right down the field, play action, flip flip it to Njoku, flip it to the corner to Amari Cooper where they're wide open because the defense sells out on Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt in a condensed field. Or Deshaun rolls out, defense comes down. You know, small things like that. I don't think he's going to light it up because we do look at his career. Obviously, last time we saw him, he was elite, 2020 Led the league in passing yards, top two or three in completion percentage at about 70%. He was incredible. That's the outlier, though. Let's not forget his few years before that. He was really good, obviously, but not that like that. We don't know if that was just an that's an outlier. So we can't base everything on that, even though it was the last time we saw him. That being said, it's the Texans. Lovey Smith is a really good defensive mind. There's only so much he can do when you have a very limited amount of talent to work with right now. I they I think he I think his goal will be to kind of do that. Like, let's try and stop the run and make it make Deshaun B as he hasn't been around for so long. But at the same time, Kevin Stefanski is going to know better than that. He's like, "Look, they can't stop yeah. the run. We're not going to put Deshaun in a position to look bad." I guess they, Kevin is not going to happen. You have Nick Chubb. He's going to get you 120 in a touchdown. Cream Hunt will steal a touchdown oh, from him in the red zone, or maybe not a touchdown, but he'll steal some carries too. Like there, he might steal a touchdown from he, him in the you know, red he zone. He might actually. And I think that defense is going to get after it. I mean, I don't even know who their quarterback is this week is because it's not Davis Mills. It's the guy that they no. they, they can't like. If nothing else, they're going to get so many opportunities. It's not going to matter because I don't think that offense is moving the ball at all. It's going to look worse than the Bears versus the Browns did last year, when it was like negative four net passing yards. So, Kyle Allen. There, there we go. That's who it was. So I rest my case. I think it's going to. It'll still probably be thirty-five to ten. I think Deshaun will look fine. I don't think he'll look like MVP Deshaun Watson, like every like some people think he will be right away. But I don't think he's going to look heinously bad either. At the same time, like it's still going to mean- be a comfortable win, I, I'd imagine.
3: Yeah, I think the, the biggest thing he's going to face is that decision-making situation. Like, I think he's going to think a receiver's open. And this is why I say Derek Stingley's going to show him the tell lights on a pick six, is I think he's going to bait him, especially in a guy like Amari, who loves to hit those hitch routes right at the... Right right, just beyond the sticks, 11, 12, 13 yards, that hitch area. He loves to hit those hitch routes around there. And if Deshaun is off by a a millisecond or even an inch, that's getting housed by Derek Stingley. I'm sorry, that's gone... Like, there's no there's no other, like, because there's nobody that's going to be between them unless they put a, put a running back in the flats. There's nobody that, that could stop Derek Stingley at that point in time because Deshaun's not about to chase him down. That's, we saw what happened the last time a Browns quarterback tried to tackle somebody in the open field when we dealt with this. This is the aftermath of that. Hmm. So I think, like, this is just, yeah. I think Deshaun's, like, he's going to have to deal with the decision making issues, like the rust on that. But again, like, let's be real about this Browns team between Miles Garrett on defense, Jadavian Clowney. That's secondary. Do you, can, can we honestly say Kyle Allen can throw for, you know, 200 yards? I'll, I'll give you, a, I'm just going to say 200. Like, let's, I don't even want to say like 100 because I really wanted to say like 100 yards, but I think he can at least get that. But like 200, I don't think so.
2: If the Texans are going to, I'm not even going to say win this game, but keep it close, it's going to be because Damian Pierce gets you a buck 60 as controlling the game. Because we talked about the Texans' run defense. The Browns' run defense is nothing to. Nothing too shiny either. They got talents all over the place. Sometimes it's even
3: finally out. healthy. That too. And he played
2: probably his best game of the year last week against uh, Tom Brady as well. We saw what those corners can do. Their problem is they have three boundary corners, but no slot corners. And you can't play three guys on the boundary. So I think that's where they've been shaky, but. There's a lot to look forward to with that one. I'm really curious to see what his return looks like, and we're not even going to get into like all the off-the-field issues. That's a whole other episode in yeah. itself, basically. We're not going yeah, to talk about There's that. There's a whole uh, lot going on surrounding the- that one. Centering on just on the field, though, is curious to see how what it's going to be like with that game speed, like you mentioned as well. Too, like, yeah. No one's doubting the talent. We see it all the time. You can throw laser beams in practice all day long. What can you do in this game situation with so much time off? Is it like a situation when they got when russell wilson ended up with the broncos suddenly is like wow this is not what we remember or is it like when matthew stafford joined the rams last year
3: it's like oh my goodness this is what we've been missing his whole career or is it something Which, let's field? not forget that matthew stafford with the rams the first couple weeks weren't pretty
2: yeah i mean those first couple weeks he's pretty nice i mean he tore okay, up him and cooper cup tore up the bears that middle section though lord have mercy did yeah, he start
3: but Lord's i will name. say if you if you do want something to look forward to this game on that's not on the field and that's not to deal with the deshaun watson si- stuff stuff the the Texans receivers for the My Cause My Cure are wearing John Mechie themed shoes cleats this this week, which is so cool. Um, uh, they all got together, all have the same design, uh, John Mechie themed cleats for for the receiving room. So uh, I definitely think that's an awesome thing. If you guys don't know John Mechie's story, dealing with cancer right now, recovering from that. So um, definitely, you know, promising young rookie, unfortunately dealing with with cancer. So it's it's a situation where you hate to talk about it sometimes because it is like he, he is so promising right now. Um and hell, you, you don't know. Maybe he comes back and he's he's great. Um we don't know how what's gonna happen, but obviously dealing with a life threatening issue and, and his teammates, despite him not being there, are still supporting him, you know?
2: Absolutely. There's a lot it's gonna be probably you'd have to imagine it's gonna be one of the most eyes on the game of the entire years old maybe not the most watched because we know how cowboys on Thanksgiving like to inflate those watch numbers. But as far as just eyes eyes keeping a peek at this game is going to be one of the biggest ones of the, of the year for sure and it's nice to see that the texans receivers doing that because i think they know it's going to be a spotlighted type game too so yeah. they're very cool on them there's some good and some very ugly and some very intriguing all around it. but well that'll be all for football in this tip off section now we're going to go to the heart and we're going to talk a little bit about nba as well too because surprisingly enough we're about a quarter away through the season we're already at about 20 games played for a lot of these teams as well too and we're gonna keep this one pretty quick. Cool. We're just gonna talk about some surprises, some disappointments, and maybe some trends that we see going forward. So I'll start with you. As far as a positive surprise, what's one that what's something that's
3: surprising you in a positive manner about the NBA season so far? Um, I'm gonna be a homer right now, and I'm gonna say the Kings. <laughs> Shocking right now. Ten and nine. I, I'm I am so in, in 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 shock right now that they're top half of the Western Conference, um, you know, three games behind the Clippers right now for that fifth seed. I, I look, I I don't know what else to say. Like I'm shocked. I am just, I'm flabbergasted at this point in time. Um, and that, and then I the other one I'll also add in is, uh, Luca Doncic, absolutely dominating points per game right now. Um, I kind of expected him to have a great season, but like, this is getting a little bit, he's getting a little crazy right now on mm-hmm. everybody.
2: Yeah, absolutely. And he's, you can tell he's, if he just has a little bit of help, just a, if some of those guys could just step up around and be a little more consistent, I think they could be dangerous as well. Too. I think the, that way his numbers will kind of match the record a little bit. For me, what I'm looking at surprises, I'm going to stay in the West and I'm going to go kind of not too dissimilar. I'm looking at the New Orleans Pelicans. We both kind of talked about if they stay healthy, they could be a pretty good team. We we like them a lot. Brandon Ingram, Zion, CJ McCollum, like there are some really nice pieces there. They're casually just sitting at number three in the West at 12 and eight. But what really stands out to me about it so far is they are second in the West and fourth overall in point differential overall. At plus five point five, the teams that are better than them, the Boston Celtics, who are absolutely killing people right now, and have not won nine of their last ten, the Cleveland Cavaliers, who basically started nine and ten, it felt nine out of ten, it felt like, and came out of the gate out of the gates like Ghostbusters before coming back down to earth a little bit, and the Suns, who, well, over the last four years, we know the story of the Suns right now. Like this is what they do; they absolutely beat the brakes off people, especially early in the season. So to see this, the Pelicans in that conversation is. Very, very positively surprising me. And it's good for health reasons, seeing Zion and Brandon Ingram and all them being consistently healthy. So maybe maybe the Pelicans do finally take that extra leap. We've been kind of looking forward to all those young players, most of which they got from the Lakers because the Lakers are the Lakers. And now they're in a position to potentially take a next big step, almost not going to say like the Warriors did about half a decade ago when they just kind of burst onto the scene, but kind of a team that's slowly working their way up. So I, I do like to see what the Pelicans are doing. We'll see if they can keep it going though, because it is a very long season ahead. We still, we're only a quarter of the way through. So next, we're, next we'll go and take a look at some disappointments. And for me, I feel like there's been quite a few disappointments early on right now, just from what I hope Where for we start? I started and what
3: I, and what actually happened. So
2: I'll go ahead and let you get first dibs on this one. What's which uh, disappointment do you want to put under, under the hot seat first?
3: Um, I'm going to say Kevin Durant in the nets. That's my number one disappointment. Mm-hmm. Uh, just yeah, dude, <laughs> that fell apart and that fell apart. Quick. Uh and I love Jacques Vaughn I think he's a great gonna have a great future as a coach. I love Steve Nash. I thought he was gonna have a great future as a coach, just not with the Nets. I never thought he was a great hire for the Nets. Uh, um, <laughs> yeah, that was just terrible. That was a terrible option. That should never be anybody's first job. Just like it should never be anybody's first job to coach at Alabama or an Auburn or anything like that. Like, like hey, I,
2: here's your first job, and immediately one of your two best players says we don't even need a coach before you even get a chance to get, get into a practice facility.
3: Exactly. So like you know, the the, the, Net, the Nets number one. Uh, I mean, that's just the Nets and Kevin Durant. I I, I love Kevin Durant in there because I have I'm so high on Kevin Durant's skill and his talent. And I think even with all the issues, like I, we saw LeBron do it for decades or I say decades for years in Cleveland. We're carrying really bad teams. And let's be honest, Kevin Durant doesn't have really bad players around him. He has a lot of really pretty average to above average to highly talented players around him. And they can't win more games than they lose. Now they're now they're back to five hundred. So yeah, okay, you're doing better. But two was it two and seven is the what they started or something like that? something stupid like something. that.
2: Because they've won like six of the last ten. So they're six and four in the last ten. So that means they were about five and seven at one point, something like that. Yeah, it was it was not a good start. And if, at, yeah,
3: that's uh, bad. And then I'm actually gonna I, honestly I could go the obvious one in the Western Conference as well um, that we already talked about. We harped on the last episode. Um, with LeBron and the crew, but I'm not. I'm going to actually talk about Minnesota and the failure of the use of Rudy Gobert. And by the failure of the use of Rudy Gobert, the making sure that Anthony Edwards is now failing as a young prospect. Uh, Anthony Edwards, as we talked about, is a slasher, high flyer, fantastic player going to the basket. You know what the worst thing for a player like that is? Two balls. A fat guy to stand in the middle of the basket and take defenders and put them right in, in Anthony Edwards' way. That is exactly what Rudy Gobert is. He's not the fat guy, but he's the big guy in the middle of the, the the court, standing there, taking all these defenders, bringing them to Anthony Edwards' side. And let's be honest, Anthony Edwards isn't the best distributor in the world. We're not we're not talking about a Steph Curry or a Chris Paul or a Steve Nash with the ball. No, we're talking about a Gorgie Jang with the ball, like Vince Carter, like, basically.
2: Like he's going there to put the ball. He's going there to yam on people. He's not yeah. going there to drop it off to a guy with no offensive game who's standing in the way.
3: Anthony Edwards has one speed and that is fast and that is he goes high and he gets over he people his and bodies. there's there's nobody that's going to stop him except for his own teammates and that's it that's the problem Is like you throw 5 bodies at Anthony Edwards you can stop him you throw 3 bodies at Anthony Edwards you have Anthony Edwards has a great chance of scoring the problem is that right now they're they're literally ignoring Rudy Gobert on offense and just running at Anthony Edwards. Like, you can't do it. If you're a young player like that, that's the worst thing you can have for your development. So, I, st- I you know, I said this before. I don't think Anthony Edwards is going to pan out because I think the, the Timberwolves were going to hamper him somehow in his development. I didn't know how. Well, yeah. I found my answer. The answer is Rudy freaking Gobert uh, is the, the reason that, that, you know, Anthony Edwards is going to have his his growth stampered. And it just goes to show you how great Donovan Mitchell really was with Rudy Gobert uh, being able to score 30 a night with that, Big old log in the middle of the field or middle of the court, just clogging up everything. And now you see him with Cleveland, and you just mentioned him, top four team in the in the league.
2: By the way, those two people who dipped out when you called him a big log, I think that was they. I think they're both from France. They probably immediately heard you heard you call Rudy Gobert a big log, and immediately jumped right out. I saw that number dip when you called him a log.
3: But hey, it's okay. You know what? It's either that or it's or one of them is is Jared, and I'm about to get a text message from Jared. One or the other. <laughs> You know, because he's a giant Timberwolves fan, and he loves Anthony Edwards. And, Jared, I'm telling you now, I told you before on your show, Anthony Edwards is going to be a great average NBA player.
2: And it's not really entirely any fault of his own. It's what the Timberwolves are doing.
3: Another great high flyer that we just have that's just going to end up disappointing. Like He has all the talent, just the team hampers his development.
2: If you want to have two towers, you got to have two guys that have some form of offensive game. You can't have one that's just a giant tower, than one guy who's a post-scorer like Carl
3: Anthony Towns. Like,
2: Evan Mobley, Jared Allen, Evan Mobley. I didn't even
3: like. I didn't even. I didn't even harp on the Carl Anthony Towns stuff because actually he hasn't been disappointing me this year because really he's no, staying he's himself just... out on the three point line and then Rudy Gobert's taking up all the space.
2: And now, fortunately, Cat's out for about four weeks. It looks like too. So of yeah. course, as you but awful, you want to have awful two... injury too. Yeah, that calf strain look. That was gnarly looking. Like, that was not. But if you want to have two, if you want to have two bigs, they got to be like modern day bigs that can move and work without the ball. That can pull up from a mid range. That you that can back cut. Like they can't be for lack of better, for your choice of words, logs. You have to have some sort of, mobi- like, Evan Mobley and Carl anthony Towns. that would be something. Carl anthony Towns and, J- and Kevin Love. You got something. Even Jared Allen, who has a limited offensive game, but moves. He moves and he can guard out on the, pr- like, he can move. Rudy Gobert really can't move. He can move from block to block. That's kind of his, that's his forte, which, great player, but you have one to- step for him. Really, <laughs> He just rotates
3: his hips and he's on the other side of the paint.
2: It's a three, qu- it's like a two-thirds split for him, basically, as well. So you can touch both at the same time. Like, it's it's a really bad fit together if you want to do the two modern bigs. And I, I can agree with you on that one. We obviously, we could you know, harp on the Lakers because that's an entire mess in itself. But I'm going to go to the Eastern Conference, and one that's kind of disappointing me a little bit, it shouldn't because there's still a lot of season left. But I'm looking at the Miami Heat starting at 10 and 11. Mm-hmm. Outside even the play-in tournament right now, they have won six of their last four, or six of their last 10. They're six and four in the last 10. They were, that means they were four and five at one point. Like they're just, they're fluttering at that. Maybe we'll make the play in tournament, Mark. And for a team that was the number one seed last year, I felt like they didn't really, they didn't get any worse. They might even got a little bit better. They just seem stuck in like second and first gear. It seems like they can't get it going in a lot of these games. Jimmy Butler will have some great performances. He can still be that dude. Tyler Hero can still get buckets. Bam is still Bam, but they just just had his first triple double of his career too, by the way, Tyler Hero did exactly like it they they, it's there but they're stuck it feels like like even right now the wizards are at 11 and 10 the hawks at 11 and 10 the nets you mentioned are ahead of them the knicks are ahead of them they just they got to get on a win streak here and that's what kind of concerns me with the Heat is they're very up and down problem is they've been stuck kind of down to start this season like last year they were they started mostly high a little dip and then came back up this one they started kind of low so i'm not sure how i feel about them climbing up but they're I think they'll be fine. They'll make it. But as far as like actually avoiding the playing tournament, squeaking of the playing tournament, there's, it's a little shaky at the start as well. Cause the Eastern conference is weirdly competitive right now as well, too. Like there's obviously the two top dogs at the top, but everything after that is a bit of a dog fight right now.
3: Yeah, yeah, you're exactly right. I, it is shocking to let's be honest to see, see a team with a guy like Jimmy just not be able to put it together. And, and, and with a coach like Spolstra, like that's, Two things where if you put those two together, I'm like that team's got to be a top eight team in the regular season easily. They should be, right? That's just something's not clicking again. Um, but we saw we sort of saw this at, at, towards that middle stretch last year, like where the the Heat just were kind of like, you know, with the, with the Jimmy Butler fight and everything. And when he had to fight with with Bolster and Udonis on the sideline, and the next thing you know, they're like, oh yeah, we figured it out. Like it feels like that situation again, except for no, there's no fighting this time. It's just like everybody's on their own i mean it's it is it is weird they're also dealing with that ftx situation as well no. um with the that whole crypto
4: <laughs>
3: being the name of the their court and stadium so yeah that's a that's another part of it too
2: and i will say like i'm not i'm pretty sure they'll be fine like you mentioned this is pretty homeostasis for them at least last year they had a cushion built in when they kind of went on that slump this year they're starting with the slump so we'll see what they have in mind and maybe the east is just that good this year because as we mentioned there's like the East is looking really good. The West is obviously very top heavy, but the East is looking pretty solid. I mean, even the Bulls are nine and eleven, and I think we both think they'll they'll turn it around too. So, what an in- interesting turning events here. So,
3: Spoelstra just getting ready to pat his stats for uh, coach of the year again, and then retire after the season, getting another coach mm-hmm. of the year, and just be like, "I'm out of here, guys. I did everything. I took a team from the bottom to the top."
2: Mm-hmm. He, he knows what he's doing. He has a plan right now. It's Spolster's plan right now. All right, so that will do it for our tip-off as well to a little trip around the sports world, but that's going to take us now into Kelsey's second favorite part of every show. And that is the main event, and the main event, of course, brought to you by our good friends over at Manscaped. I know it's Christmas time. I know a lot of you have already done some shopping. Some of you guys are waiting until the very last minute. No better place to go than a Manscaped right now. Use code Sports at checkout. Save yourself 20%, and they're offering free shipping on a lot of things right now as well, too. Get yourself some soap. Get some nose trimmers. get Get some ear trimmers. Get, get some get some cropped crop stuff there too. Crop preserver. You crop got crop preserver. You can even get yourself some underwear shirts as well, too. They got a little bit of everything for your men's groomings needs. The premier brand for that. Go ahead and give it a look. Use code HILO Sports once again. Do you and the close people close to you in your life a favor? Go check it out right now as well, too. So definitely would recommend to that. people
3: close to you in life because they, they don't want us to get that. real close. Like, exactly. So we always
2: appreciate working with them. They're a wonderful company and great to us as well. But main event now. We all kind of we alluded to it earlier. We're going to go right into now. College football. We we just came off of rivalry week, not a little bit hectic. I guess you could say. For example, South Carolina upsetting Clemson, Michigan destroying Ohio State, not beating them but destroying them. Going down the list, there's a lot of interesting games that came out of there as well too. But it does set the stage for conference championships with a lot on the line. We're looking at the college football playoff right now. Georgia number one. Michigan now up to number two, TCU at three, USC at four. Those are your four teams in. Ohio State and Alabama sitting at five and six, right on the cusp. Move. So we're gonna start. We're gonna get the worst part of this out of the way. Do you see a scenario in which the committee finagles both Alabama and Ohio State? In?
3: I'm gonna say yes if one of the teams falters. I don't think if any if any if all the teams win, and they cover their 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 spreads, which by the way the spreads for these games are like two and a half points, with the exception of Georgia, who I'm not worried about at number one. If they lose to LSU, they're still going to be in the top four. Nobody's bumping them out. Um, that's the only exception, though. I think if any of the other three teams falter, I do think because let's be honest, if Michigan loses to Purdue they're going to kick Michigan out of there gone like out of the, out the door. Big blue is going to be blue and purple as they are getting bounced down the sidewalk away from the college football playoff. Like it's, <laughs> it's not going to be a pretty situation and Ohio state would walk right into that position. I do think though, between the two, if I had to choose one that I think is more likely to get in, I do think Ohio state has a better case, but again, it's, it really is going to be if one of these teams falters or one of these teams is like, like, I, I hate to say it, but if TCU has to hit another walk-off win against Kansas State, despite how good Kansas State has been this season, let's not forget, they, this team has been very good. Deuce Vaughn is a fantastic running back. Um, if they have to hit a walk-off kick again, I and and let's say USC walks the dog on Utah, I do think that's a situation where TCU might slip. Under- just enough. Just yeah. enough that they could be like, you're not better than Ohio State. Here you go, C.J. Stroud. You're not leaving Ohio State yet, <sighs> which I hate. I, I do hate this. There should be no reason that, first of all, Tennessee is not above Bama. I don't care what anybody says. I don't care that now their quarterback's not healthy. We don't talk about now. We talk about who they played and what happened in those games. And in like opponents and in head-to-head, Tennessee beat Bama and beat the like opponent that beat Bama, which is LSU, by the way. In case anybody's wondering who that team I'll is. Them too, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Comfortably 21 points. Uh, in Death Valley, by the way. In Death Valley. Um, so there should be no reason even Alabama has a sniff at this. But for some reason, again, Alabama invitational. Uh, <laughs> Ohio State, I do understand being at the five seat. I'm not I'm not surprised with Ohio State being at the five seat. I'll be honest. I think this is fine. If let's say they played the big they, if they played the game in week two, I honestly think Ohio State should still be number five. And probably has a good case to potentially be in the college football playoff because it was the last game before the the bowl before the championships. It's like people are like, "Oh, it's Ohio State; they're bad." Like they weren't that bad. Let's be honest. Like they were, still were a really good team until they went to get Michigan. Although that just tells you how good that Michigan running game was. So I don't know. I think I think of, of the two teams to answer your question, Ohio State might have the best opportunity to get in. I hope neither one gets in. I'm going to say no. But if one of if if one of the teams falter,s TCU gets in. I'm just or ima- TCU gets, or TCU gets bumped.
2: I'm just imagining the absolute chaos. Let's say USC and Michigan and TCU all lose. Then what the heck is going to happen at that point? So I think Michigan will still stay because they'll have the they'll still get their chance to get Alabama and Ohio State in there. They won't feel the need to kick out Michigan if that makes sense. So I think somehow they'll do something like that where Ohio State I, will be a higher seed than Michigan too. Even though I'd heck-
3: say. Yeah, I'd say they'd slip Michigan to four, slide Ohio State State to two, two. Bama, no, I they say Michigan to three, Ohio State to two, Bama to four. I think would
2: national us with the game right away.
3: Which would which would kill me because you still have TCU at twelve and one with a better record than Bama. I still think deserves that opportunity. Which might happen. Might be Ohio State's the only one that jumps in, but they would they would literally jump to two. They would be like, oh well we were off, so we get to jump over everybody else.
2: Exactly. Still they'll forgotten. they'll find some way to mucky mucky up the waters as well, too. What I think would be interesting, let's say LSU pulls the upside on Georgia. Obviously, Georgia's still making it. They'll they'll still get in There's They'll just go from the one seed to the four seed, probably. You can't That's put LSU the in. in the three seed. Yeah, really. You can't put them LSU in there because they have three losses at this point. They've pretty much have beat they beat Alabama and they beat Georgia. That's all they've really done this year at that point, and done just enough, obviously, to get there. Let's say USC also loses. You can't bump out Georgia. You can bump in Ohio State at that point. Like it's very, very interesting. And that's the downside about the championship games, is you see teams like Alabama and Ohio State that aren't even eligible for their conference championship. But they have just as good a chance as anybody to get in by sitting down and doing nothing. As goofy as it is, I feel this is why I like the idea of an expanded playoff where if you get where if you were a championship winner, you're automatically in, for example. Obviously, if Purdue pulled off over Michigan, they would be like the the old the mean that shows a bunch of soldiers behind a wall and then a clown holding a gun too. They'd be kind of the clown in this situation. But if you pull that off, you deserve it at
3: that point. Like at large bids, ladies and gentlemen. Hmm. At large look, we see it in the tournament every year in basketball. Why not? Why not just one time? Let's just get look, give me give me give me give me 12 teams. Give me the Power 5 winners of every Power 5 conference. Give me the best best available three to six or three to four from group of five, unless, I mean, unless they're obviously like a bunch of undefeateds in which case, yeah, throw them all in there. Um, and then the next best available after that to fill it out. Cause like that could be fun. I mean, we could be looking at Ohio or coastal Carolina or UCF, by the way, UCF in that run game under Gus Malzahn has been really fun to watch, hmm. uh, potentially playing in one of these games. So yeah, I don't know. I think there's opportunities there that, uh, Give me expanded playoffs. I just want it. I just, one time, just, I just want the FCF playoffs in, in, in FBS. I think that'd be
2: fantastic. 100%. We definitely ground that one. But now we'll kind of circle back actually looking at the games we have coming up as well too. So we mentioned Georgia taking on LSU as well coming up. I know we kind of just joked about it. I think Georgia's going to walk. I think they're going to walk away with this one pretty comfortably. I think it'll be close early because LSU, they know each other. Jay and Daniels. Yeah. Whatever you want to say about Kelly, he is a good coach. Obviously, at what, he's, what he's done with there but I do think Georgia is going to eventually walk away in the second half. I think they'll pull away and it'll be like a 35 to 20, something along those lines. This is what, kind of what I envision going on.
3: Probably. Pro- honestly, probably pretty close. I think we're pretty much on the same it, page. It's, it's not going to be pretty. I think um, LSU does have an opportunity to, to score a couple times. And the only reason they're they, they are going to is because their their deep ball, especially deep ball at the sidelines, is actually really good. And that's one of the weaknesses for this Georgia team is for some reason they go into a cover two shell and they forget the sidelines exist. And they're just like, wait, what? 10 yards and I got to cover that guy? No, I'm not doing that. And so you saw it during the Florida game, for example, like it was just mental laps after mental laps in that situation. But it's usually after they get up like 21 points, it's like, ah, forget it. We can give up a touchdown. And no, it's going to be a lot of running, though, I think. But a lot of running, a lot of Brock Bowers from the Georgia offense. So it's going to be a pretty easy game for him. Um, probably a quick, probably this might actually be the quickest. Of all of the 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 games that college championship games, just because of how much they're going to run the ball in this game, whether it's it's LSU on offense or Georgia,
2: well, I think it's interesting to point out. There's how they sometimes their secondary has like little lapses where they just kind of leave spots open, which is weird when you look at their secondary. When you have a future yeah. top ten pick at corner in Keeley Ringo and a bunch of other probably probable draft picks there as well too, they actually reloaded that secondary way better than I thought they could. Coming off of their last. Like- year, Four guys that are
3: getting drafted in that secondary. That's crazy because
2: they just had like nine guys draft off that defense last year as well, too, which is absolutely crazy. Yeah. But I, I, I think we're coming kind to of agreement there. Next we got Michigan and Purdue, and honestly, if you'd have asked me this a week ago, I would have said like, well, Michigan squeaked by Ohio State probably then. So I don't know. It's tough. Blake Horms injured. Now I don't think Purdue's is going to be within twenty. I Purdue's cool. I like them. They deserve to be here, but. Michigan showed they're a they're a dog right now, and McCarthy gives them a little extra element at the quarterback spot. He's a little erratic, not the cleanest, but he can hit that deep ball if you put too many guys in the box. And he torched Ohio State with it. And then we saw Edwards with like one yard at halftime, and then finishes with over two hundred after what he did in the second half. So I'm gonna say Michigan been, wins this, but maybe on your hand. Respect. Like I just I don't see this being close.
3: No, this is I
2: don't this say one watch, sucks to
3: talk about because like. I, I want to call it a wash, but at the same time, I have this inkling in the back of my head that Purdue is going to do something stupid hmm. and just mess up all of this and, and just ruin Michigan's night because that's how the Big Ten does things.
2: That is actually what Purdue likes to do. I mean, against Iowa, against Ohio State, they always Every- like to beat the number two Big Ten team. And so, you know what, maybe Michigan should be number three instead.
3: Like, in Purdue Purdue versus number two teams in the Big Ten, I feel like should be its own, like, category in the world of just random know-how because they I, have they beaten seven top tit. Top, uh, number two teams in in their history. Something stupid like that. Like when they face top t- top ten teams, if they're ranked two or four, it's like they beat them fifty percent of the time. Something stupid like that, and that's just like I don't I don't get why Purdue's good like that, but I, they are. But I I honestly don't think they that Michigan can mess this up. <laughs> I I'm literally saying that, and I'm <laughs> seeing the flashback of my head, like and when they always show the flashbacks of the Talking Heads, like. Yeah, Michigan can't mess this up and then they show the scoreboard of like 21 to 3 and Michigan's losing and you're just like I don't want to be that guy that talking head but I really feel like that's the the, the situation we're in here. It's a trap game. If there's a trap game in, in in championship week, this is the trap game of all trap games. Um but yeah, I'm just saying Michigan wins. I I'm not going to say comfortably because I don't want to be that guy that gets the flashback on him uh on himself but yeah i'm gonna say michigan wins this one over purdue
2: freezing cold takes just making that that in your head right now as well to just making that twitter post of freezing cold takes right now but
3: i think we're 100 like i already i'm already putting it up on the poster like yeah (laughs) it's
2: it's already ready to go next we got next we got tcu going against kansas state as well in that big 12 championship game as well and you mentioned kansas state is really really good and tcu is really good but TCU doesn't really blow people out too often. A lot of the games are a little bit closer. They do have some ass whoopings in there. But most of them are a little bit more competitive close. This is the one that I feel like lends a good chance for an upset. I don't think it will happen. I'm still going to say TCU pulls off. I think Dugan and Quentin Johnson, I think that they're just a dynamic duo right now. I mean, Johnson's probably going to be a top 10 pick in the NFL draft, maybe top 20. Just his high weight, speed, freakish. Dugan, obviously, he probably should be in the Heisman Trophy like can it conversation just not quite flashy enough, I guess, but he's been absolutely outstanding. So I'm going to say TCU, I'm going to say it's a little sketchy there for maybe a quarter and a half, and then they start to slowly walk away and then slowly win it. But I think 28, 21, something like that as well. So I think this is a pretty good and competitive
3: game. I, yeah, I'm with you. I think, I think there's a lot in this game that that could surprise some people. Um, You know, earlier this season, they played TCU one 38, 28. That's with Kendra Miller rushing for 153 yards and two touchdowns on 29 carries, uh, Max Duggan that in that game threw for three touchdowns as well. But here's the thing is, is Deuce Swan wasn't on, wasn't on his game. Deuce Swan is just an absolute menace right now. And there's a sneaky part about this is K state is getting Adrian Martinez back. We all remember Adrian Martinez from Nebraska and they're talking about using him in specialized packages that they might surprise somebody might spice TCU on some plays, some plays. And let's not forget Kendra Miller is coming off the injury. I don't know how much he's going to actually play, how much he's going to be useful. Um, that's a big part of TCU's offense is just that run game right mm-hmm. up the middle to set up Max Dugan to do whatever he wants to do. So I am a little worried about TCU in this game. I cannot lie about it. I, I'm, I cannot joke. I cannot kid. I, I'm worried about TCU in this game because I don't want them to lose. Cause I don't want to see Ohio state in this. Mm-hmm. Um, and I love Deuce Vaughn. I love the way he's able to run. I, you know what? I'm gonna say, I'm gonna say Kansas State gets an upset here. I think Kansas State upsets TCU in this in this one. And I might again, I might be wrong. This might be my moment, like freezing cold takes and they get walked, the dog walked on them. But in my opinion, I think Kansas State has an opportunity here with Deuce Vaughn and their offense and and the way their defense plays. Like, let's not forget this Kansas State is built on walk ons. If any doesn't even nobody does the history, 80, like it's like 50 percent of their players are walk ons at one point in time. So. I don't know what it is. Kansas State just does it. They do it differently. You got to be built differently to play in Manhattan, Kansas. That place is cold during the winters. Um, so, yeah, like, they're playing in a dome. You get to watch them run on a track. So, yeah, I'm going to say K-State gets a, Gets an upset in this one. As much as I love Max Dugan and this entire TCU team, I, I'm just – I'm going to say K-State gets it. Battle yeah. of the Purple People Eaters. That's what it is. It's the Battle of the Purple People Eaters.
2: Considering how close they were losing, I think it was Baylor a couple of weeks ago too, where they had the walk-off field goal as time expired. Like they, oh, not beautiful
3: play by the way, beautiful. But they're they're itching for.
2: They're, it feels like they've just been itching to slip up a little bit. And then the last one, which I think a lot of people are looking at as a potential upset, USC taking on Utah. I think part of the reason they're looking at it is I think a lot of people still aren't quite sold on USC because of the way they play, and Utah is very good at just punching people in the mouth and ruining uh, ruining the other Pac-12's good time. They've done it to Oregon the last few years. They do it. They do it to everybody. They just get in the way and they punch the other team in the mouth. I think this game is going to be ugly and close, but I do think Lincoln Riley, Caleb Williams, Jordan Hassan, they just got to. I think the talent discrepancy is just going to be big enough to where they can make enough plays. 34 31, something along those lines. A really close game, similar to what USC, UCLA was before USC kind of pulled away late. So I think. I'm going to give it to USC. I think they're going to hold on and kind of keep our hopes of a Pac-12 team making the making the playoff and not immediately getting dog-walked like 49-3 to three, like Oregon-Georgia was week one. And I think Caleb Williams, this is a golden chance for him to punch that Heisman Trophy ticket if he puts on a really good performance. It doesn't have to be like Bryce Young against Georgia last year where he went absolutely insane. Just play pretty good at this point and get, get USC to the playoffs in their first turnaround year. I think that's a Caleb Williams-Heisman Trophy if he can do that, which – Honestly, I honestly think he's going to put on a clinic. I think this has a 400-yard, four-touchdown touch, performance written all over if they come in on their game not looking ahead.
3: Yeah, I'm going to go ahead and say uh, USC should should, sure. should win this <laughs> game. Um, I, I'm worried they won't because I'm worried that a little bit of that Oklahoma-ness is going to pop out of nowhere mm. and bite Lincoln Riley and, and Caleb Williams in the butt right now. Oh, you guys don't know what I'm talking about. It's the whole big game Bob Soups curse. Big games somehow just can't pull it out. Um, but with that said, they're at USC now. USC fight on, all that good stuff. Blah, 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 blah. Cameron Rising should be a very on, on some people's quarterback boards for Utah. Blah, blah, blah. With that, Caleb Williams is too good. I'm sorry. At the end of the day, Caleb Williams is too good. Like, I could keep going and I just keep rattling off random stats for both teams. But no, Caleb Williams is just his freakish athletic ability is stupid. Mm-hmm. What he did last week is not okay ever. Like what he did two weeks ago against UCLA, not okay to do in a primetime game. You should never do that to humans. He shouldn't make humans look like just sloths. Like that's what, that's really what he does. He makes a normal human. A, I, he makes an insanely athletic human look like they're moving. Like I run.
4: Mm-hmm. And
3: that's, that's embarrassing. Like it shouldn't happen. I don't know what Caleb Williams is is drinking down in L.A., but let me get some of it because it's. I mean, man, it's working for him. Um, I'm gonna say yeah, USC wins. I'd love. To, I, I'm a big Utes fan. I you know, grew, I lived in Utah, grew up there. Had to pick one between the Utes and the Cougars. Obviously, I was a Utes fan. Uh, I wasn't Mormon, Thanks. so <laughs> I, I didn't. I didn't. Didn't get to, to to go hang out with the BYU kids um, for sure. So, uh, but yeah, I, I I wish the Utes could pull this one off. I think there's too many. It's too many question marks going on to Caleb, Caleb Williams. I just think there's too much, too much talent.
2: I, I agree with you too, but I always have that. You remember in Jurassic Park when Goldblum's character said nature always finds a way or life always finds yeah. a way. I'm worried that life is always going to find a way with Ohio state and Alabama where they find a way to get them in there. It concerns me like TCU, like you mentioned, slips up and then USC slips up and then, well, what do you know? We have a chance to get our two invitational teams back in there. Like I'm, I'm just worried that the committee always finds a way, like how life always finds a way in Jurassic Park. I hope I'm wrong, because I like parody and I think these teams have deserved it at this point. But we will have to wait and see. And if there's any if there's any push to get an expanded playoffs, while well, keeping Alabama and Ohio State out of it, this might be just what they need as well too. Suddenly the invitational is missing their two invitational teams. But definitely a lot to look forward to. This weekend's going to be a whole lot of fun as well, too.
3: Last By quick the way, question: don't expect any fun. Don't expect any fun uniforms from Utah. They already announced theirs. They're going basic white with red, red helmets, red pants.
2: It's, that's almost more scary because that means they mean business. They're not. It's like when Mike Tyson used to walk in on just a plain black T-shirt, and the black shorts. It was almost more scary than if he walked out in the full garb, like we see the guys walk out today, or like when Floyd Mayweather got carried out on a throne. It's a little more intimidating just to see Mike Tyson on a plain black T-shirt, looking like he's going to take your head off, or a black sweatshirt. So, you know, maybe it, maybe I'm starting to reconsider this. Now I'm starting to want to pick Utah at this point. I'm not yeah, going I'm going to I'm
3: gonna have to change mm-hmm. my mind here.
2: But I, I, definitely looking forward to that game. Last question I have for you: This weekend, who's going to be this? Who's going to be the guy that we're talking about Saturday night? As like that standout performer, the one like who's which player is going to steal Saturday more or less? Like the headlines after Saturday.
3: Oh man, um, you know what? I'm going to stick with it. I'm going to say Deuce Vaughn. I think we think we're all going to be talking about Deuce. Win or lose, I think we're going to talk about how Deuce Vaughn is a highly underrated running back and needs to be somewhere else showing off his talents. I think that's what we're going to be talking about come Saturday, come Saturday night. I, I think he's going to show – it's a noon game. He's going to show up on that hot track in AT&T field and just absolutely go off. And like I said, win or lose, whether TCU wins or K-State is able to upset him with Deuce behind or driving the driving the car, I think that's the man we're going to be talking about at the end of the day.
2: Okay, I, I like that one, especially if they do pull off the upset like you said, too. I It's going to be hard not to pay attention because you've got to imagine he's going to have himself fight the game. The guy I'm gonna, we obviously both talked about Caleb Williams. I, I'll skip that one as well, too. I'm looking at Donovan Edwards from Michigan because with the Blake Horm injury, I don't know how much he's going to be available this week, but if he's even slowed up a little bit, we saw what Donovan Edwards could do. He's playing with that thumb injury as well, too, so he can really only carry it in his left hand for the most part. I think I could see him coming in and putting on another just absolute clinic. To, especially if, let's say, McCarthy comes out slinging it right away and they're jumping on Purdue, well, I will look for Edwards to close it out and then they just say, like, Quorum. we're going to save you for the playoffs. No need to risk someone rolling into that knee or any Friday night leds with Booby Miles, none of that stuff. We're not risking that. We're going to keep you right here standing right next to me in my khakis, and we're going to go and let just Edwards close this one out. And I think there's going to be a lot of talk if he has another 200-yard performance, like, do you bench him for Quorum in the playoffs? Do you ride the hot hand? And really what's going to happen is they're both going to get carries in the playoffs, and we'll see what they can do with it. But I think there's going to be a lot of talk of who is it, like, should, did he just take his job? like well, you know how it is every time someone has a big performance. So I look for it to be something along those lines as well, too. So give me Donovan Edwards. And, of course, we already both mentioned Caleb Williams. If they're going to win. He's going to put on a performance, as usual, and punch his ticket. His ticket to New York's already punched. Now he's going to punch back an extra carry back for luggage, if that makes sense to him. you know <laughs> 200 yards with his weak hand. Edwards can keep Corham healthy. We agree on that one 100%. Honestly, keep him. Just do that then in time for the playoffs, run dual backs with McCarthy back there. You got the three running back super wishbone set situation going on. Like there's a lot to work with there in Michigan, but definitely looking forward to this one. It's one of the best times of the year for college football as well, but that's going to do it for our main event, and that's going to take us into Kelsey's actual favorite part of every single show, and that is Crunch Time. And Crunch Time brought to you by our new friends over at Outlier. Not so much new friends as they are the, four, they're the same people who started and developed Color Cast as well, too, and if you've been around with us for a while, you know, you know what Color Cast is like. We've been around. We've been doing working with them for a while. Outlier, a new sports betting app, and the tagline says it best for those of you who are watching the stream: "Bet smarter, not harder." Outlier gives you pretty much all the bets across major betting sports books, FanDuel, Caesars, DraftKings, all that gives you a, all the odds through there, as well as the chance to see some trends as well. And for th- those of you who are watching us on the stream, on the stream, or watching us the, maybe the next day or in the future, you're in for a treat So we're gonna actually give you a little preview here of what it looks like here we're gonna and for those of you listening to us on the audio version we appreciate you very much we're sorry you don't get to join us but go sign click the link in our bio outlier.bet backslash high low sports try it out for yourself 14 day free trial click on our link helps us out you get to try it as well too but for those of you on the stream take a look here right now we're looking at the thursday the game's coming up this this weekend in the nfl you'll notice here we got the spreads we we got the spreads excuse me the money line the overs the unders and you know what, Kelsey, I'm going to let you go and take it away. We're looking at these little green and red bars. And I know these are something that you really like as well, too. So I'll let oh. you describe, the, describe those green bars. I know when you first saw this, I, it was the happiest I've seen you lose like a kid
3: underneath a Christmas tree. So you always wonder when you're making a bet, right? Like, man, you know, Detroit, they've been close in every game, right? But how close have they really been? Well, look at, a, at a, in a game over 51 and a half combined points. Look how many times they have actually accomplished – that opportunity scoring over 51 and a half points they've done it five or what is that yeah five six out of ten times so you got ten options the last ten games last ten moments that this is this this opportunity has arisen and they tell you exactly what it is and actually when you click on the games you can actually get in more in depth with some of these um bigger details as well as you get like alternate spreads you get alternate point totals and all of these will give you information give you trend lines give you all the in-depth stats you need to make these picks. And honestly, I love it. We were making our, our player prop bets on fourth and four on Sunday. I was able to see when Nick Chubb was last able to score two touchdowns. Unfortunately, he didn't score two touchdowns, but the trend line said that if he was going to have a game where he scored that, that those two touchdowns, it would have been this weekend. Unfortunately, I didn't get that bet. Right. But this is what it tells you. You see right here, this, these consensus line movements for the bet. Uh, You know, it gives you all this information that I, I mean, I absolutely love. I, I am a person who loves the most information I can get to make the best decision I can do. Um, and this this Outlier, it provides all the opportunity. Shout out Evan and crew. What they've built is just absolutely fantastic. It shows you 40% in the last 10 games that it's been successful for that money line for Jacksonville. So that just goes to show you some of the opportunities you see on on Outlier and and why I'm, I'm, I'm actually a huge fan of this. I really do love it.
2: Absolutely, 100% as well. It makes betting so much easier, so much more efficient. We're going to go back to take a look at the games now as well, too. For example, I'm looking at this one right here. If I'm looking to place a little bit of money, Green Bay has 0 for 10 in their last 10 games with covering the spread. So that means I'm not taking Green Bay to cover the spread here. I might take them to win outright, but I'm not touching that spread. Chicago, not a whole lot better They're looking at about 5 and 5, but I'm going to take those odds for sure over that. And looking at the over, both teams have been able to combine and hit the over as well, especially Chicago with this last run that Justin Fields has been on. There are questions of if he might not play or if he will play, so that is the question there as well. But that's something I'd feel comfortable
3: with there is looking at the over in this game as well. Yeah.
2: Looking at Denver and Baltimore. I actually want one, to
3: point this out on this one, actually. Uh, if you guys look at the money line on Denver, Denver and Baltimore. If you look at the money line, you see a 3 plus 320 with a goblet and a minus 390 with a little, what is that, green Draft. logo that you might not know. But it's the DraftKings logo. The other one is the Caesar Sportsbook. So what that does is actually allows you to get the best odds for each bet. So if you want to have one of the companies has a better odds in, in one of the situations, that's the company that they're going to suggest you make that bet with. All you got to do is click on it, and you can actually make that bet directly from the app by clicking that little ticket in the top right, and it'll go directly to the account you have set up. Right there from the my picks, and it's all all four of the major sports books. So you have DraftKings, FanDuel, Caesars, as well as BetMGM. Uh, I think they're still working on getting Bally Sports, if I'm not mistaken. So you can see it right there. I mean, look, add the bet to bet slip. Um, and this is one thing that we're going to start getting involved in. We're actually going to share some of our uh, some of DJ's best bets down the road, and you'll see some more social media posts as well about some of the daily stuff we get involved in.
2: Absolutely, and I do want to point out too, we've always nag on Denver, rightfully so. Last 10 games against the spread, 8-2 with an 8.5-point spread against a Baltimore Ravens team that likes to choke away leads. Keep an eye out for 4th and 4. If these odds are still looking like this when we make those bets, I'm, DJ might be throwing a little bit of money here and there as well, too. And I know darn well you never pick the over when it comes to Denver, and they have showed that wholeheartedly right here, 9 out of last I was last about to say,
3: it's, it, it's easy to cover the spread when your your defense gives up only 15 points and you've had spreads of less than 10 points each time exactly
2: so look at his it, eight and a half points keeping out for fourth and four i might be taking that one myself there as well too so we are more than ecstatic to be working with them we are t minus 31 days from sports betting being legal in ohio as well too so you know it's going to be an absolute blast as i believe one of the eight bigger states in the entire country is going to legalize it if you are in a place that already has legal sports betting definitely check them out click the link in our bio outlier.bet backslash high low sports It's 14 day free trial helps us out by you clicking on it. You get a chance to look through everything. We just looked through as well. Too you like it, sign up for a subscription, keep it around. You'll win back a lot more than you pay for it as well, too. It's and make. Okay. No, I say it makes betting much easier and it takes a little bit of stress off you and potentially puts more money in your pocket.
3: Absolutely. And on the point of money, guys do not bet more than you can afford. Set a limit. If you go over the limit, stop. If you need help, there are contact lines, search it up on Google it get the help if you hit if you need it guys uh, let's be very clear about that we we are very strong proponents of mental health and this and this is one of those situations as well it is something that can lead you down that path so guys be careful with betting that's why we suggest the outlier app it allows you to bet smarter not harder not more money it's going to bet smarter allow you to win a little bit more
2: bet responsibly as well too but that will do it for us here today on the high low sports podcast we appreciate you all joining us those of you stuck stuck with us through all the way to the end we appreciate you as much as well any of you listening to on your future po- on any of your favorite podcast apps. Thank you for joining us. Check out the stream. If you want to see what Outlier looks like as well too, you see that on our YouTube page or on our Twitter page as well to go check those out. Or honestly just go ahead and click the link in our bio sign up and try it out for yourself as well too. Highly recommend it as well. Doesn't cost you a thing if you just want to t- sign up to take a look at it as well too. It's easier to sign up for that than it is to sign up for Facebook. So we appreciate y'all joining us and we will see you all again next week.